If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good evening to all of my fellow fans of those savages in the box, and welcome to episode 9 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this cloudy Sunday evening, August 18th, 2019. Boy, the episodes just go by, huh? Can't believe we're already up to 9. How the hell are you? It's been a crazy week for me personally, but I'm I'm glad to just be able to get behind the microphone again and be able to talk Yankees with you. Let's start things off, as always, with our weekly team left jab shout-out. First of many shout-outs I'll have today. You'll see why later on. But first off, Team Left Jab, United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content. It's great stuff over there. So first off, on the Yapping Yankees podcast that we usually kick off with after the Team Left Jab shout-out, of course, I tell you that I did put up a weekly poll on Twitter and Instagram, as, as I do every week, which I did again this week. And it's a very, very hot topic, especially after yesterday. And even it bled a little bit into today because of some bad calls as well. And plus, people are still really hot about the subject after what happened in the Yankee game yesterday, of course, with the umpires, the subject of robot umpires. Should it be instilled? Should it be a thing once it's perfected? So people have some very strong opinions on this on both sides of it. So I'm going to talk about it a bit. And it it really is an exciting discussion. And when it happened yesterday, despite you know, how aggravating it was at times. You know, for some people, I, I, I thought it would just be a really good poll to have just to get people really engaged into it. So I put the poll up on both Twitter and Instagram. It got a good amount of votes on Instagram and an insane amount of votes on Twitter. Over 200 votes so far on Twitter. And I assume some, some more votes will probably just continue to pile in as time goes along, but not as much. I assume most of the voting is passed already. But, of course, if you watched any of the Yankee game yesterday on Saturday, August 17th, which I was at, you would know that a lot happened with the umpires, especially between them, Aaron Boone, CeCe Sabathia, Brett Gardner. And no matter how you feel about it, you know, I, I just thought that for that reason alone and for many other times throughout the year where both the Yankees and basically all other teams around Major League Baseball have had huge issues with these umpires. I, I thought it'd be interesting to get some takes on it. So here is the poll question for this week. The question on the poll for Yapping Yankees is, if it could be used right now, would you be in favor of robot umpires? Now, as I told you on Twitter, this poll on Twitter received over 200 votes. So a lot, a lot of you, it's a, it's a good amount to have a voice right there. Definitely a great amount of votes. So, so far, 203 have poured in right now. And the results of the poll, my first choice was yes, enough is enough. They should instill robot umpires. And... The second choice was no, you still need the human element. And the poll results were this. 61% to 39% in favor of yes, enough is enough. So the Twitter voices have spoken, uh, you know, at least those who voted, of course. But a significant amount of you voted. So they, these are convincing results right here. And I know a lot of people did choose no. A lot of more people chose yes. 
And again, that's what makes it a hot topic, but it did win by a pretty decent amount. I kind of expected it to win by a bit more because I do know that a lot of people, just a lot of fans around the league have just had it with the umpires, and including myself for the most part. But I mean, this this still speaks for itself, these results, 61 to 39. And as I do always promise on the polls as well, everybody that responds to them either on Twitter or Instagram will get a shout out. But first, before I do get to the comments on each poll and I get to shouting out the people that did leave those comments and responses, let me tell you how the, the Instagram poll ended up with the same question, of course. It's interesting because while this one had significantly less votes on it on Instagram, the results were different. Same question. If it could be used right now, would you be in favor of robot umpires throughout the MLB? 42% said yes, and 58% said no on Instagram. So since there are less votes on Instagram and less messages on Instagram, let's just get to those responses quickly right now. First off, the person I want to give a shout out is to my good friend Amanda Carey. I know her in real life. She also uh, she also replied to the one on Instagram. Her her Instagram name is who amends it's who the word who and a m a n d z she is that on twitter and instagram but she did reply on instagram saying i don't watch baseball but no i wouldn't want them to instill it because it takes away from the game like if i go to a baseball game i don't want to see a robot acting as the umpire well this is this is certainly an interesting take i mean maybe you could necessarily have you know, someone telling an, a, a human umpire behind the plate what the call is from elsewhere that actually sees whether it's a call or a strike from another view, which will get to an interesting opinion that someone else left on the Twitter poll in the responses that I actually do agree th- that I do agree with, and we'll get to that in a bit. Also, another response on Instagram, the Dark Knight O two five. James on on Twitter that is, and he said no because I feel like the human element is important. Umpires are people. Umpires are people too. They aren't perfect, but take their jobs for, but take their jobs from them isn't right. Just need to be consistent in their approach. So I definitely agree on the consistency part. <laughs> so thank you, Dark Knight. I will give his at on Twitter in a moment because I do know it. <laughs> I do know the at for sure on Twitter. And it is right here. He is at anime soldier01. James Celestin. So that is him on Instagram and Twitter. So so at, at Anime Soldier one you can follow him on Twitter as well. The next response was from my lovely girlfriend herself. She replied to the Instagram poll, Victoria Salimo. She said, yes, because the umpire's mistakes are altering games significantly. The quote-unquote mistakes they make are getting too high, and I think that, they, that we need to change that. So I definitely do agree that there, are, there definitely are calls that the umpires make that definitely do have the tendency to alter games. We've seen that happen plenty of times, so that's definitely not wrong. And now for the next response on Instagram, Capture00, Sean Shalinsky, better known as on Twitter, has a big following on Twitter. He said, yes, because most of the umpires now on mummies. I guess he meant R? I don't know what he meant there, but thank you for the response anyway, Sean. <laughs> So that was the final response I got on Instagram. Now, Twitter was much hotter with this because there were a lot more votes and a lot more responses to this poll. So with the 203 votes, as I said, I just refreshed and the the result changed a little bit. And just 1% difference. Now it's 62 to 38% in favor of yes. But let's go down now. First off, at Gene1Mac said, very hard question. Here's your shout out. So she said, very hard question. Possible combination of both somehow? 
then those games would take more than double time to play. I, I suppose you have a point there. Then makeup underscore mofo, <laughs> baby savage is her username. I speak to her quite often on Twitter. She's cool. She said, I say yes. And I say it because I'm sick of these umps egos getting in the way of the game. It's not about them. This year has been the worst that I can remember with awful calls. Something needs to be done. Hmm, That's a strong statement right there. And I, I have a tough time disagreeing. Now, here is the take that I that I really, really love. I, I couldn't agree with this more. My good friend Matt, Matt O'Leary, his ad is Matt O'Leary and why. Please go follow Matt. He's got great content that he constantly churns out. This is the comment he left. It got a lot of likes on Twitter, and I, and I, and I 100% agree with it. I even replied that I really agree with it. He said, do it like they have in the Atlantic League. Have the home plate ump on the field with an earpiece in for the robot ump's call. That's the best of both worlds, I think. I couldn't agree with that more. I think if it were time for the home plate umpiring position to evolve, I don't think it could be any better than that. I think it's completely fair. And that goes back to what Amanda said earlier. Would you care if there was still a human back there, just they had calls being told to them through an earpiece, maybe? So that is Matt's suggestion. I, I'm totally on board with that. I think that's great. The Marv Zone, at Azrak Marvin. There's your shout-out. He said, nah, nobody's perfect. I like where it is now with humans. No need for robo-umps right now. It's more fun with the human-umps, but we will see what happens. Well, this... There's no doubt about that. If you want to get value for your entertainment dollar, then sometimes the incompetence of these umpires or just the teams flipping out at them, that's plenty of entertainment right there. It's a lot of fun to see. I mean, when it's not completely aggravating to you. So I, I guess I see the point there. So if you, want to, if you want to value it from that standpoint, then yeah. Then Allison at Aliek45, A-L-L-I-E-C 45. Allison said, I'm just over the horrible calls. <laughs> nice and simple to the point. I couldn't agree more. So Marcus Timms, Yankees hitting coach, that's the that's the username. The at is at capital S-E-S-Q-212. He said, no, just get younger umps without agendas. Half these old bats <laughs> can't see and come from an era where personalized zones were deemed acceptable. Okay. <laughs> that That's, listen... Maybe younger umps would work. I've seen many instances where young umps are just as bad or worse. Who knows? I mean, only only time would tell if you were to really just instill young umps and replace them, replace the old umps with them. Dixie Med fifty one said yes. That being said, the umps have way too much latitude. Have way too much latitude. Robots don't have feelings. A strike is a strike. I agree with that. I mean, I've just heard many instances where umpires are like, ah, today it's a ball and and tomorrow could be a strike. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. A strike is a strike. A ball is a ball. So I agree with you there. Thanks for the reply, Dixie Med. Stevie McGee, or at Irish Pinstripe, said they've added replay because they understand the speed and tightness of the important moments to make sure they get it right. Now they need to utilize something that is available to make the game an equal, fair playing field for all, with no personal issues affecting the call. So I assume Stevie is in favor of adding the robo-umps. At NYYFanNC said, It's part of the game, learning to adapt as a pitcher or hitter to an umpire strike zone. The ability to adapt is what separates the best from the best. 
from the be- the best from the rest, rather. I-, I suppose that's true, but at the same time, it goes back to what I said before. I-, I get that different umpires have different strike zones, but to me, a ball is a ball and a strike is a strike. That's That's just how I feel about it. But of course, every reply, listen... In case I happen to agree with your disagree with your reply with your reply, that doesn't mean I just completely disregard you. You know, you're entitled to your opinion. At Rocker sixteen thirty nine said, umpires should be held accountable for their actions, just like the players are. Fines to the umpire should be issued for overturned calls. I mean, maybe maybe they are issued fines behind the scenes. I mean, I, I wouldn't know because I'm not there behind the scenes, and I'm not going to pretend like I am. But I, I definitely understand the need for them, you know, for a lot of people wanting them to take more accountability, be more responsible for their bad calls. At Desi Faring It, this is a very confusing ad. A lot of you guys have wild ads. I'll just spell it out. At D-E-C-I-P-H-E-R-I-N-G-I-T. So there's your shout out. His, his, his username is S-M-L. He said, everything can't be electronic. We still need the human factor to be part of the game but we clearly need more consistency behind the plate. The calls on the base paths and fair foul are still very good. That I agree with. But balls and strikes are a different matter. That's I, I agree with that. Definitely agree with that last part. This robo-umps part to me is really applying to the home plate umpire because the base calls, you know, they're, they're good for the most part, and especially the fair and foul, they, they hardly ever get that wrong, if, and if ever. And if they do, they have the replay to do that, so that's all fine. But the balls and strikes are a problem sometimes. That's it is. There's just nothing. There's just nothing you can say about that to, de- to deny it. Then after that, you had at the worm eight two six. If they don't go robo, umps below a certain percentage of missed calls shouldn't be allowed to call, or some bleep like that. <laughs> I don't curse on this podcast, guys. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let any curses fly here. So, there were definitely a lot of responses to this. Let's see if there are any more, because there are a lot of, you know, just a lot of replies just under certain comments, too. So, I'm just trying to take a look around. Revolution1776 said, I think we should use all the technology at our disposal, regardless of what it does to the human element. I don't watch sports for the human element. I want to see the proper team win the game, regardless of everything else. I know a lot of people agree with that because I've just I just spoken to a lot of people that that really feel the same way and a large part of me feels the same way about that as well. So there are your Twitter results. There are your Twitter responses right there. Now it, it, again, it's interesting because the Twitter poll and the Instagram poll. This is the second time, in a, the second week in a row that they've ended up differently. I'm pretty sure last week's Instagram poll ended fifty fifty. If not, maybe after the podcast ended, one side got the edge. But when I was recording last week, it was 50-50. And now, this time, you know, one result got more than the other one did on Instagram, on Twitter. It's interesting to see what people think about this. So I started off with this topic because, of course, again, as I said, it's a hot topic right now. And I guess that'll lead into the next point of discussion, which is my take on the whole umpire's debacle. Now, of course, we know about yesterday, Boone, CeCe, Gardner ejected. And I was at the game, did a lot of yelling, of course, because, you know, if you're if you're at a game, you're not going to do yelling in situations like that. What are you at a game for? <laughs> but honestly, I know everybody's got a different take on this, or maybe a lot of people have the same take. Who knows? But the discussion for robot umpires is definitely continuing on by fans. And again, that's why I thought it appropriate to do the poll. And, you know, 
everything happening all around baseball is why this this is going on. It's not just because of the Yankees. And I know that there are a lot of people that say, oh, you know, a lot of the people saying that the umpires are just out to get the Yankees, this and that. You know, they're being ridiculous. Maybe they are out to get them. Maybe they're not. That's really not what I'm commenting on. Anytime you see me going after the umpires, it's because of their basic incompetence around the whole league that I see all the time. That awful strike call against Tony Kemp in the Cubs and Phillies game the other night that I know many of you saw is the fifth pitch of the at-bat. It was so, it was so high. And it was called strike three, and Tony Kemp was just dumbfounded at it. And then the umpire stared him down afterwards. And about a week and a half ago in the Mets game, forgive me for not remembering who it was against or what day it was or anything, but I recall it. The refusal, and this happens a lot, for the home plate umpire to check the first or third base umpires for a check swing after they say they went around when they weren't even close. That call happened against the Mets about a week and a half ago. I remember it. And I was just as infuriated as Mets fans were. And to the dozens and dozens of calls I've witnessed in Yankee games this year, in tons of other games that happen, it happens all the time. Plus the oversensitivity of of these umpires now glaring into dugouts looking for fights. Like yesterday, after the strike call to Mabin, and then what was it, I think Talkman came up to bat after Mabin? And after Boone had done hollering, the, the umpire's looking, in, he's looking into the dugout just waiting for someone to say something else so just so he could throw someone out. And then in Toronto, throwing, throwing Brett Gardner out after he didn't say anything, I didn't even know who he threw out. He didn't even know who he ejected. The oversensitivity and the plain stupidity with ejections right now is getting out of hand. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just no worth mentioning, especially if you're, if you're the Yankees being this up high in the division, this and that. That's not what it's about. And just like anybody else botching their jobs in real life, these umpires should be called out for it. If you constantly do your job incorrectly in real life, I don't care what profession you're in, your boss is probably going to talk to you at some point and people might start to rag on you if they notice. They might just tell you, hey, you got to do this better. Some more reprimanding. So there's no reason why the umpires shouldn't be treated the same way, especially with the way they've been acting lately. It's just been absolutely ridiculous. They deserve to be called out. And I get it. They, they might feel more under pressure. They get more scrutinized nowadays. And they mentioned this on the Yankee broadcast and on the radio this morning. I, I, I heard it as well on the fan. And it's true. They get much more scrutinized nowadays than they did back then because, you know, now they have the box up on the screen and all of that for some channels, or maybe they have it off to the side, or maybe they show it after the pitch on replay. That's something they didn't have back then. So that's why now, more than ever, the home plate umpires especially are getting more scrutinized than they ever were in baseball history. That's a fact. And it doesn't make it any better when people come up with these statistics. You have to come out with them because they're true. They're the facts. People come out with these statistics and say, oh my God, they've missed thousands of strike calls. They've gotten wrong. That's alarming. Something needs to be done about that, and it needs to be addressed. I'm sorry, even if you if, even if you're not in favor of having robot umpires, I'm I'm fine. If you want to keep the human umpires, I respect your opinion and whatever. I can I am more than capable of agreeing to disagree. Whatever, I'm totally fine with that. But to not be able to address the issue, I mean, even in in, in today's game, there were just some outrageous strike calls again against Judge against many others. It needs to be addressed. It They shouldn't just get a pass. Especially not after how often it has gone on. I mean, 
even yesterday, yesterday was beyond outrageous, especially with the gardener, with the gardener, you know, the, the bang and the bat on the ceiling of the dugout. And it, it's it's crazy because now this is all of a sudden becoming like a, a rally cry for the Yankees. Every single time Judge got hit today, he did the the bat bashing thing. And then when Gardner was called out by the bleacher creatures today, he turned around to them, did the bat banging thing, and then gave like a muscle salute sort of thing. It was funny. So this has become like sort of a rally cry thing. And I get that. I, I get when other people say, oh, yeah, it's absolutely embarrassing that Brett Gardner does that and he deserves to be ejected one, one way or the other. But. Honestly, it's not in the rule book that if you hit the, the dugout ceiling with a bat, that's an ejection. It's not there. So if you're the umpires, you can't make up the rules you go along with. They definitely got together and said, hey, this is something that Brett Gardner has been doing. So if you see him, just throw him out of the game. Which is, again, ridiculous because there's no rule that says that you throw him out for that. That's just showing emotion in the dugout that you're frustrated at what's going on. And there have been dozens of people, dozens of players that have done this. So you're telling me all of them should have been ejected too? I don't think they should have been ejected either for that. They might have gotten ejected before that for something else or maybe something they said after that, but they shouldn't get ejected for that. That's showing emotion in the, in the dugout. You're not attacking an umpire. You're not cursing at an umpire. You're voicing your frustration in the dugout over what's going on. That shouldn't have a factor in an umpire's decision of whether to throw someone out or not in that spot. And Phil Cuzzy did it yesterday when he was the first base umpire. Walked over and told Brett Gardner. He motioned to it. He said, that's why I'm throwing you out because you're banging the dugout ceiling with the baseball bat. So what, should have, should David Ortiz have gotten thrown out for bashing the phone to death with a bat a couple of years ago in Baltimore? Should Paul O'Neill have gotten thrown out every time he abused a water cooler back in the day? No, I don't think any of, the guy, of those guys should have gotten thrown out. They were showing emotion in the dugout. Same as Brett Gardner was doing. Maybe in a, f- a more funnier or childish way or however you feel about it. But still, it was just showing emotion in the dugout. It shouldn't matter at that point. He's not cursing at an umpire. He's not physically attacking, God forbid, an umpire. He's hitting a dugout ceiling with a bat, not harming anybody. So now you have the oversensitivity factor coming in. And that's what's making people say, oh, these guys have an agenda against the Yankees. Now, I don't necessarily think they have an agenda against the Yankees. Are the umpires maybe getting together and be like, hey, get, you know, just watch the Yankees because they've been doing a lot of complaining towards us. I'm sure they've gotten together and spoken about it, but do they, do they have an absolute agenda? I don't know about that. Only they know about that. They themselves know. We can assume all we want. But you have to still call it out. That was ridiculous what Gardner got thrown out of the game for yesterday. The, the, the bat against the dugout ceiling. That's silly. There's no rule in the rule book, and you can't go along with it. Just, you know, as you go, as you please, just write new rules on the fly. You can't bang the dugout ceiling with a bat. There's no rule that says that. And they have a lot of nerve getting this sensitive and a lot of nerve doing all of this with some of the calls they make. I get they're human beings. I get they're not going to be perfect. And yeah, I'm definitely willing to give them a break if, you know, it's, let's say there's a, a, a ball that's like literally just a hair off the plate and it's called a strike. F- fine, I get it. I mean, you can't be perfect. But come on, guys. There, there are some times where these umpires are calling strikes when the ball's a foot off the plate or when the ball's up to Aaron Judge's shins. That's ridiculous and it needs to be addressed. I don't think I'm being unfair here. Me personally, I think Matt's suggestion... The way they do it in the, in the Atlantic League, a robot umpire elsewhere, 
just in an in an earpiece or somebody else maybe somewhere else that sees a clear picture of what a strike or a ball is in that moment tells the home plate umpire there will be a human back there in an earpiece that's a strike and that's a ball and the human umpire behind the plate will make the call accordingly i think that's a fantastic idea because as matt said you keep you you mix in a little bit of both worlds there but of course again it's also a matter of perfectly instilling the technology whether they have it or not that's another story that's 100% accurate but you're not going full on technology there and you're not abandoning the human umpire so I understand that I, I, I think it's a perfect suggestion I, I definitely agree with Matt when I saw that I'm glad I just said to myself I'm glad someone said that because I definitely agree with it so just my take on this they should be called out I get they're humans. They're not going to be perfect. I get it. And I don't expect them to be perfect. But sometimes the calls are so outrageous. And the oversensitivity at times is so outrageous. Despite me knowing how much they're scrutinized nowadays, it needs to be addressed. They should not get a pass for the nonsense that has been going on this year. This is some of the worst umpiring, especially behind the plate for the most part, that I have seen since I've started watching baseball a bit over 10 years ago. And I know there are a lot of people that have been watching baseball many more years than me. I get it. You can go back and say, oh, you know, it was a little bit worse at this time period and that time period. You can tell me whatever you want. You know more than I do when it comes to back then because I wasn't around. I was only born in 1997. But still, the fact of the matter is, it's been pretty damn terrible this year. The statistics and numbers show it, and it needs to be addressed, and something should be done about it. So... That's my opinion on it. I'm fed up with the umpires and something needs to be done. So, that's that's that. <laughs> there is just it's just been such a hot topic lately because it's been absolutely irritating. But you can't expect teams and fans to not call you out if your calls are so bad that that a blind person can do it better. Just get it together, be better. As Aaron Boone says, just be better. <laughs> Tighten that bleep up. <laughs> Oh, God. Please. (laughs) So, now with that out of the way, the whole umpire's debacle, I do also want to mention the fact that I was at the Yankees game yesterday for the Mariano Rivera celebration, the Hall of Fame plaque and all of that, and I got to meet up with lots of Yankees Twitter folks, and it was a lot of fun. The Yankees won the game, too, you know, obviously, so it it was just so, so much fun yesterday. It really, really was. So I do want to just give some shout-outs to those that I did hang out with a little bit at the Yankee game yesterday because they they deserve to be shouted out. They're great people, great friends on Twitter, and I'm so glad that I got to either see some of them again or see some of them for the first time. And in advance, I really apologize if I missed anybody, but I'm almost positive I got basically everyone. So the first one I'll shout out is my friend Steph on Twitter with five H's, S-T-E-P, five H's, underscore X-O. Steph is absolutely awesome. I'm so glad I finally got to meet her yesterday. Then next for the second time I saw her was Nikki B underscore O four. Nikki's awesome, diehard Aaron Judge fan. Also, Barbie K underscore 92, met her. She was awesome. At that dumb NYY fan. For the record, I don't think you're a dumb Yankees fan. <laughs> you were awesome. So, next up is Stacy S. Hampton. 06 is her at. She was absolutely awesome. Had a lot of time to talk with her. Bread New York. BX Savages. Marlon Perella. Wes NYC underscore. 
NYY underscore Kate. Catherine came all the way from Australia to watch the Yankees. Also met Aaron Judge. She was awesome to hang out with as well. Joe underscore B underscore 91. Joe was absolutely awesome too. At Yankees fan only. G-Man42995 and Danny Capola, who I ran into when we were just walking around the stadium, me and my girlfriend, and and she was so, so nice. I'm a fan of Danny's on Twitter and especially on Instagram because got a lot of Danny's dugout content on there that her podcast that I've listened to a few times, and I think she's just really, really funny. We both love Marvel, and we're both diehard Yankee fans, of course, and she was so nice. Took a picture with her, spoke with her for about a minute or two. She was really, really cool, so thanks for hanging, Danny. Really, really awesome. And awesome to just run into. Really cool. Those that I missed that I know of at the Yankee game that were there but I didn't get to see. Definitely have to see you soon, Eric. Eric underscore M888. I'm giving you a shout out because you were there and you're just you're so popular on Twitter. So many of us love you and I really, really wish I got to see you yesterday. But another day maybe. And also there that I missed, they were apparently roaming around the suites for a while. Joe's McFly I missed and also John Boy. Two big presences, definitely big presences on Twitter, those two, and they do great work. John Boy with the breakdowns, Joe's with the with the incredible content that he turns out, with the videos of himself, live videos, recorded videos, or just reactions to things happening in the game. They're both great. I hope to run into them someday as well. I'm pretty sure I got everybody. If I missed you, I really, really am sorry. There were just so many of you that I saw. It was a great, great time, and even if I... Even if I did forget your name, which I'm almost confident that I didn't, <laughs> then I, I can tell you right now I had a great time with you and it was great meeting you. But the game also yesterday was a lot of fun. The ceremony was beautiful. We all watched it together. Very, very nice. It was, it was pretty brief, but that's, that's all you needed. Talked about Mariano's career a little bit. Watched some old video. Watched some video of the Core 4 telling him, you know, you know Jeter, Pettit, and Posada. Just, you know, going through the years and talking about old times with Mariano, how much they love him, this and that, presenting him his Hall of Fame plaque, and, and Mariano saying a few words to the fans. It was it was really nice. It was well done. Very, very nice ceremony, and everybody got those little plaques at the front, except for me, of course. They didn't, they didn't give me or my girlfriend a plaque, but whatever. Try to go back to get them later, but security wouldn't let us get them. Whatever. <laughs> so, it, but the ceremony itself was very nice. Game was awesome. Wasn't looking too good with how Paxson started things and then with how he continued things in the fifth inning. But got through five innings. Yankee offense was resilient. They would come out with the win. Definitely a good game to go to. It made me 3-2 and two at the stadium this year. So my record in 2019 at Yankee Stadium been to five games. I'm 3-2. and two. The first two I went to were losses, and the last three I've gone to have been wins. So I'm on a three-game winning streak. I've rebounded the record. I was, I was well under 500 at first, but now I'm, now I'm getting back into it. So that's a good thing. At least I could say I'm, I'm redeeming it a little bit, right? <laughs> you could say that. So now let's just go into the weekly recap. So obviously we spoke about the game last Sunday when the Yankees beat the Blue Jays 1-0, so we won't go through that. But I will also go through the, week, you know, the weekly recap like I always do, starting on Monday. So going all the way back to August 12th of 2019. And speaking of August 12th, this is also my girlfriend's birthday as well. You should follow my girlfriend, Victoria, on Twitter, by the way. She just got on. She's joining the Yankees family at Vic Salimo. Give her a follow. It's worth it. She's already around 250 followers after the shout out I gave her. And a lot of people have just welcomed her with open arms. So to divert the conversation for a second, go follow Victoria on Twitter. It's worth the follow. But 
As for the weekly recap, so we'll start with Monday. The Yankees, of course, had a double header on Monday against the Baltimore Orioles. They had just ended the weekend on a high note in Toronto by taking the last game, and they hope to come home to continue their good gameplay against a lousy team in the Orioles that you should definitely beat and take advantage of the fact that you're beat, <laughs> that you're versing them. And the Yankees did just that, all four games. So we'll start off with game one. Paxton started this one, went six innings, allowed three. He was... He was all right. He still allowed two home runs. It was it was a quality start, you could say. I'm pretty sure a quality start is six innings, three runs or less. So, in that sense, he had a quality start. And the and the Yankee offense was good. So, we'll just zip through this doubleheader results right now because a lot of runs were scored. So, Renato Nunez started things off in the first inning with the sack fly. Put the O's up one to nothing, but the Yankees answered back right away. Didi Gregorius, three-run homer in the bottom of the first, made it 3-1 Yankees followed by a solo shot by Torres to make it 4-1, to one, and an RBI double for Gio Urshela to make it 5-1. to one. Gio Urshela just continuing to kick ass. And then Trey Mancini added on a home run in Baltimore's deficit to make it 5-2 Yankees, and Trey Mancini really has just proven to be a pest against the Yankees. He's just, he's a good player. He's going to have a 30-home run season, and he's, he's solid. Can't be taken lightly. Probably one of the only good things the Orioles have left. And then Gio Urshela immediately answered back with a solo shot to make it 6-2. Then it was 6-3 after Anthony Santander, after Ryan Rucco was beautifully pronouncing it. It was easier when it was Santander. <laughs> he had a solo shot to make it 6-3 Yankees. Then Cameron Maben made it 7-3 Yankees after a solo shot of his own. Sacrifice fly for Didi would make it 8-3. RBI ground out by Renato Nunez and an RBI walk for Jace Peterson with the bases loaded. Made it 8-5 Yankees, and that's the score they would win by. Again, I gave you Paxton's line. He did well. And that's it. So the first game of the, of the doubleheader went to the Yankees. And, of course, this you know the doubleheader today and all the games that we're recapping this week and going forward tomorrow is the first day the Yankees have had off for a while. They went through a stretch of 19 games in 17 days. That's when you have as many rainouts that the Yankees do and just unlucky with the schedule in a certain amount of times, just not having days off. That's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of hand you'll be given. Sometimes you just got to play a lot of games in a certain amount of days. So game two came around. The Yankees would use an opener. Chad Green opened the game. And... The Yankee offense just jumped to support him fairly quickly, and he started off well. He went an inning and a third, not allowing anything and striking out one. And Mantiply and, and Lale and Mantiply, Cortez Jr., Adovino, they would pitch later on. And basically, the Yankees won 11-8 and just really just murdered them. <laughs> Starting off in the bottom of the first, three-run triple by Brett Gardner, 3 nothing. Run scored in a wild pitch. Bravik Valera scored 4 to nothing, And then Rio Ruiz with an RBI ground out. And Ruiz would give the Orioles their first run of the night. They would be trailing 4-1. to one. Then Trey Mancini hit a two-run shot. Another home run for him. Make it 4-3 Yankees. Then it was 5-3 after Mike Ford hit a solo shot. Three-run shot for Glaber Torres made it 8-3. to three. And Glaber's just really been crazy with the home runs as he would hit another one in his next at-bat in the next inning. For crying out loud, my goodness, 11-3, another 3-1 shot to make it to make it 11-3 Yankees. Um, and it's just nuts. He, he had the amount of home runs he's had this year against Baltimore. At one point, half of them, when he had 26 home runs, 13 of them were against Baltimore this year. Craziness. Hanser Alberto would hit a 3-1 shot to make it 11-6. to 
Then it was 11-8 after Rio Ruiz to hit a two-run single. And that would be the end of it. The Yankees won 11-8. So pitching a little shaky, but the Yankees swept the doubleheader. Then they came out the next day and would, and would win on Tuesday, August 13th, by the same score that they won the first game. Actually, no, that's not right. Whoops. I'll edit that out. And they would win 8-3, to three, of course, in Game 3, in the second day of the weekend, though. Confusing with the doubleheader. <laughs> so this game would be... Would be very good in the Yankees' way as well, mostly because mostly because of Domingo Herman going seven innings, only allowing two runs, which is very good. His ERA is under four, and he now has 16 wins on the year. Could very well hit 20. I mean, who would have thought before the season started Domingo Herman would have about 20 wins or on his way to 20 wins? It's crazy how things turned out this year. So on the bottom of the first, DJ LeMahieu started off the scoring of the solo shot to make it one nothing. Cameron Mabin, two-run single, made it 3-0. Anthony Santander <laughs> made it 3-1 with the solo shot. Then it was 5-1 after Aaron Judge hits a two-run double. 6-1 on a Gio Rochella RBI single. 7-1 on a Gary Sanchez RBI double. 7-2 on a Wilkerson solo shot for the Orioles. 8-2 on an RBI double by Mike Talkman. And 8-3 on a solo shot by Renato Nunez. And the Yankees would win 8-3. So, that is that, and the Yankees would move on to Wednesday looking for the sweep, and they would do so in a game that was much closer, but they still pulled away with the win. And in this game, Jay Happ, again, was just really, really tough to watch, and it's just getting pretty exhausting at this point. I, I have to be honest with you. It's it, it's it's exhausting watching Jay Happ just go out there and, and just really just stink a lot of the time. I mean, he, he, he again got another win in this start, but I'm... His ERA is at 5.40 now. It's just like, when is this? When is this going to get better? I mean, when when can he just have a start when he just does well? I know a few starts ago he had like two or three starts where he was like, okay, he was he was better, I guess. But my God, how how many times are we are we going to rant about J Hap? This has been a se- this has been a season long issue. And I know a lot of Yankee fans have just honestly just run out of patience with him, and and, and I have too a long time ago. And I hate that I defended bringing him back in the offseason. I mean, that was the one thing that I defended in the offseason that just did not work out. <laughs> it just didn't. And it's been showing. He's been horrible. But the Yankees still managed to back him up and win this game. Because he and Luis Sessa just did all they could to not have them win the game. But the, Yan- the Yankee offense said, no, we're going to win. <laughs> so right in the top of the first, though, right off J-Hap. RBI single for VR made it one nothing Orioles, but then the Yankees went to work. Right away in the bottom of the first, Didi Gregorius, RBI single, tied the game at one. Gary Sanchez hitting a bomb to center field, three-run shot, 4-1. Four 4-2 to four to on a Pedro Severino RBI single. Then it was 6-2 on a two-run single by Mike Ford. 6-4 by on, an, on a two-run double by Renato Nunez. And then 6-5 to five on an RBI double by Jonathan VR. And you're like, oh boy. This is getting bad, but then, you know you know what? Nothing happened, really. For the next couple innings, says the Yankees would go on to win by that score, 6-5. And they would sweep the Orioles. They did their job. They swept a bad team. Who did their job the next night on Thursday, August 15th? Not much of anybody, honestly, because the Yankees got murdered by the Indians 19-5. And I'll just basically give the lines here. I'm not going to go through all the scoring things here because the Indians just did so, so much that night. I mean, 
I mean, Greg Allen just just went crazy on on pitch on Yankees pitching. He just had himself a night, and it was just it was just an ugly it was just an ugly night for the Yankees overall. Puig had a good night. Jose Ramirez had a good night. Jason Kipnis had a good night. Roberto Perez had a good night. I mean, it was it was just it was ugly. Yeah, the Yankees got five runs on the board, but really a lot of those runs weren't until was, the game was just far out of reach. It just the opener really just bombed for the first time this year, truly for the Yankees. I mean, yeah, has Chad Green allowed a run as the opener before? But yeah, but this time it was just it was a mess. I mean, right from the beginning, Jose Ramirez, who just looks like a different player now after his terrible first half gameplay this year, just starts off the game with a grand slam. And you're immediately not feeling good about the game. Chad Green only pitching a third of an inning. Jonathan Loisaga coming back and just doing very badly. Chance Adams again doing very badly. Nestor Cortez Jr. just getting an out in the game. And then at the end, the Yankees just basically waved the white flag without waving it by throwing Mike Ford in there. He allowed five runs. He was out there having a good time, even though he was stinking up the place. Because <laughs> he used to be a pitcher back then, apparently. So they just threw him in the game when the deficit was so bad. But... That was that. The Yankees lost that game 19-5. to It was just a really, really ugly game. So then Friday, the Yankees would come out hoping to do a bit better, and they did behind Masahiro Tanaka. Six and a third innings, two runs allowed. That helped out his efforts a little bit. He earned his ninth victory, and it would be better. Gary Sanchez, bottom of the first, RBI single, made it one nothing. Glaber Torres made it 2-0 on an RBI single of his own. Then Jose Ramirez again would just pick up his good gameplay with his 20th home run of the year. Solo shot made it 2-1 Yankees. Then it was 3-1 Yankees after a Gio Urshela RBI single. I feel like I mentioned Gio's name. Almost every scoring outcome. <laughs> He's just been that good. Then Yasiel Puig, hit a, Yasiel Puig hit a home run, a solo shot to make it 3-2 Yankees. And that's the score that the Yanks would win by. And moving on to Saturday, the game that I was at yesterday... Awesome game, very competitive, lots of fun to watch. Paxton, again, just did not have his stuff. Four runs allowed, all earned in five innings, only striking out four, walking three. Not a pretty start for him, but the bullpen basically had his back, and, you know, with the exception of Zach Britton, who gave up a run, made people a little nervous, but he got out of the eighth inning with a nice double play. And, again, the Yankee offense just had their backs. But right away in the beginning of the game, it was 2 nothing Indians after... A two-run single by Carlos Santana in the first, of course, because James Paxson's first run, first innings just continues to haunt him. I mean, just the runs in the first inning, he can he cannot seem to shake that. Then Mike Talkman, even though it would end the inning after getting thrown out at second, I believe that was when he slid off the bag. But he did get the Yankees on a board uh, on the board with an RBI single in the bottom of the second. It was two-one Indians. Then it was a tie game after. An RBI single by LeMahieu. Then it was a 3-2 game after a solo shot by Didi. 4-2 after a solo shot by Glaber. 4-3 after an RBI single by Carlos Santana. So you see the back and forth. This makes it exciting. And then Yasiel Puig would tie the game with an RBI single. Then it was 5-4 Yankees again after LeMahieu. Solo shot is 20th of the season. And that would make it 5-4. And then it was 6-4 after Glaber again went deep again. <laughs> and the wild pitch by Zach Britton allowed that fifth run to score for the Indians, and then he would get that double play to get out of it. And the Yankees would win the game 6-5. So now, the Yankees come into today looking to take the series against a team that they could very well meet in the playoffs. Who knows? 
I mean, we'll see how it all unfolds depending on who gets the wild card, who wins at AL Central. It all depends on that, of course. But the Yankees did look to win the series. They did not. They would end up losing 8-4. to And they would settle for a split, which isn't bad. You know, the, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Red Sox did win today. But, you know, they, the Yankees still have a healthy lead, so it's not the end of the world. But tough loss nonetheless because you didn't like what you saw from a returning CeCe from the I.L., and the offense for the vast majority of the game until towards the end was really just having a slumber party. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go nuts and say the Yankees have no chance, this and that, or they stink just because the offense was quiet one game. You're gonna have those games. The offense is gonna be quiet sometimes. It's normal. It's okay. <laughs> so today was just that day, and at one point I was just concerned with, hey, just let's keep that not being shut out streak going. So let's not get shut out. And they didn't get shut out. So, you know, it's a loss. What are you going to do? It happens in 162 games, guys. It's okay. <laughs> but it didn't start off good right away. CC got into big trouble in the second inning. It was an ugly inning for him. It was one nothing after Greg Allen hit into an RBI fielder's choice. That was on a play where DD probably should have gone to first for the out, but listen, whatever. It happens. He went home and didn't get the runner in time. That was Fran Mil Reyes that came home to score. And it was one nothing Indians. And it was 4 nothing. After Mike Freeman just clubbed a hanging slider right down the plate over the wall in right center. And he would make it 4 nothing on the three-run shot. Then it was 5 nothing Indians on a home run by Francisco Lindor. 6 nothing on an RBI single by Oscar Mercado. And then, uh, being down 6 nothing, the Yankee offense started to just get some sense. Hey, we're in a game right now. Let's start doing something. <laughs> DJ LeMahieu uses the short porch in right field to get the Yankees on the board with a two-run shot to make it 6-2 Indians. Then they answered right back, 8-2 the Indians did. Oscar Mercado, two-run shot. That made it 8-2, then it was 8-3. After DJ LeMahieu again, another run driven in, third on the day for him, and third for the Yankees team overall in an RBI single. And Then it was 8-4 in the bottom of the ninth also when Aaron Judge drove in a run with a double, and then that would be the score that the Yankees lost by. Gio hit a ball right after that. that really, uh... Really looked gone off the bat, and it really did fool me. But it was it, it was to the track, but it wasn't a home run. I was like, ah, that would have been eight to seven. That would, then it would have been really interesting. Tying run comes to the plate, but it got me. It wasn't a home run. <laughs> so that is your weekly recap of what happened to the Yankees. So ups and downs in this Indian series, and all ups for the Orioles series, really, except for occasional times where the pitching may have gotten on people's nerves. But for the most part, the Orioles series was awesome with the four game sweep. It's what you got to do. And I really, I really don't like people discounting any team, really. You know, saying, oh, you did this and that. It was against a crap team. So what? I mean, yeah, sure, I was against a crap team. And that should be regarded as, you know, hey, it should be done, whatever. But, guys, part of the journey in this long season that we have here is beating the bad teams. So you can't discount somebody for beating a team that they should beat. They should beat them. So you got to count the stats. You can't discount any stats or or say, oh, you know, everybody expected them to win. Anything else would have been ridiculous. Well, that's true. You know, you can't discount anything. Part of the journey is beating the bad ones. So as always, after the weekly recap, what I usually do is I just remind you what's ahead for the rest of the week and also just give the standings around baseball any significant standings really that is. And what's ahead for the Yankees coming up. So tomorrow, August 19th, the Yankees finally have an off day as they travel back out to the West Coast. So they are off tomorrow. Nothing going on on Monday, August 19th. 
Then on August 20th, they will arrive in California where they will play the Oakland A's starting on Tuesday night at 10.07 p.m. Eastern. Those late West Coast games are back. Sorry to tell you for those who can't stay up late and you absolutely hate it. Sorry, but they're back. (laughs) So it'll be Domingo Herman in that game facing off against Homer Bailey in that one on Tuesday. 10.07 p.m. Eastern in Oakland. Then also at 10.07 p.m. Eastern in Oakland on Wednesday, August 21st. It'll be the Yankees and the A's again. Jay Happ against Mike Fires. Then on Thursday, it will be the last game of that series against the A's. It'll be at 9.37 p.m. Eastern time, a little out of the starting time, August 22nd on Thursday. It'll be Masahiro Tanaka against Tanner Roark. So, this is probably a series that, that would benefit for the Yankees to win as well. Of course, the A's are a, a team that could definitely give you a lot of trouble, but, you know, especially on the road. But be def- definitely benefit the Yankees to at least win two out of three. And sometimes the West Coast trips go well, sometimes they go very badly. So, only time will tell how this one goes. But as for the rest of the week on Friday, then they stay in California, but they'll head to LA. And they will face the Dodgers in what could very well be, as many people feel, It could be a potential future World Series matchup. Hmm. Only time will tell for that as well. And it will definitely be interesting to see whether it will be or not. But for now, they will just settle for facing them in the regular season here starting on Friday, August 23rd, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. They will head to L.A. and face the Dodgers at that time. Pitchers are not announced for that. And they are not announced for Saturday or Sunday yet either. But... Also, on Saturday, different starting time from Friday, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, which of course course is 1.05 in California. But on the East Coast, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, they'll face the Dodgers in the second game of that series on August 24th. And they will be on ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball against the Dodgers playing at 7.05 p.m. Eastern, the last game in Los Angeles. And then after that, they'll stay on the West Coast and go to Seattle, but we'll worry about that the next week. As for the standings around baseball, of course, of course, worth mentioning the division right now. The ones mentioning in the AL East are the Yankees in first, with a record of 83 and 43 after today's loss against the Indians. And after today's win against Detroit, the Rays were able to gain a game on the Yankees and now have a 73 and 52 record, nine and a half games back of the Yankees. I would mention Boston if they weren't tons of games back, but they are 16 games behind the Yankees for first place, and they are not in a wild card either right now. Their record is 67-59. and 59. And the rest of Toronto and Baltimore, they're just so far out. Minnesota, they are two games over the Indians. They are now back in charge of the AL Central a tiny bit, two games up on them. And the Astros are six and a half games ahead of the Oakland A's, who again, as I mentioned, they're a tough team to beat. They'll give you trouble, especially on the road. So, Right now, of course, those are your divisional standings situations in the American League, and the wild card situation there is looking like this. Of course, the Indians have the first wild card, a game better than the Tampa Bay Rays, who have the second. And the Oakland A's are battling for the second wild card, just a game behind Tampa. And then Boston's the next one, but they're six and a half games back of the second wild card. So those three teams, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, and, and Oakland, really competing for the AL wild card real, in a really, really exciting way. A lot of baseball left to go. That could turn out completely differently for all we know. But over to the National League, the Atlanta Braves have a five and a half game lead in the division over the Washington Nationals, who have been doing a little bit better lately. 
They have a nine-game lead over the Mets, who are in third. The, the Braves do. And the Phillies are also nine games back of first. They have the same record as the Mets. And the Marlins are, of course, way, way out of it. 27 games out of first. And in the Central, very exciting race you got here between three teams in the division. The Cardinals are in first place, only a half a game over the Cubs right now. And the Brewers, two games back of first place. The Reds and the Reds have somewhat fallen out of it, and, and the Pirates are just terrible, 51 and 71. But the central race is exciting. Right now, where we sit at this moment, that, that's what's going on in the AL Central and the the in the NL Central, rather, and in the NL West, it's just really it, it's a runaway division. The Dodgers are 18 games over the second place Giants, and after that, it's just you get the deal. <laughs> it's just the same thing every year at that division. And as you know, the NL wildcard picture is really, really exciting because the Washington Nationals have the first wild card, two games over the second wild card team, the Chicago Cubs. And this is where it gets exciting. All battling for the at least the second wild card, not even out of play for the first either. So this could all change by the time the season ends. The Brewers are a game and a half behind the Cubs for the second wild card. The Mets are a game and a half behind as well, with the same record as the Brewers. And the Philadelphia Phillies, as you know, as I said before, they have the same record as the Mets, which means they also have the same record as the Brewers. <laughs> they all have a 64-60 and 60 record. They're all a game and a half out of a second wild card. San Francisco, two and a half games out of the second wild card. Arizona, four and a half games out of the second wild card. You have an intense race going there. So the standings right now are really exciting. Really, really exciting. Baseball is hot right now, and that's how it is at the best time of the year, pretty much, except for when September rolls in. August is really exciting, but September is really the playoff push time, as you know. So, of course, that does it for Yapping Yankees, as it does. We basically ran through everything at this point. Also, just before I go, I do want to say that I am extremely excited because, of course, we know... Dylan Batances and Luis Severino making significant process in their progress in their return to the Yankees. I cannot wait for the both of them to come back. Those are two extraordinary additions back to the Yankees once they return, as I'm sure you well know. So, thank you so much for listening. One last shout out to Team Left Jab, as always, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their great sports content. And also be sure to follow me on all social medias as well. Be sure to go follow me at my Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. That is my Facebook fan page. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, which of course is the platform that I'm disgustingly active on, as you know, at Mike Scudero. And be sure to follow me on Instagram as well. I am MikeScuds97 on Instagram. MikeScuds97. And as you know, on Twitter and Instagram, that's usually where I put my weekly Yapping Yankees polls. So if you want to participate in those, at least definitely be sure to follow on both of those and be sure to remember, be sure to remember, that if you reply on both of those tweets, or either of them, I don't care, you do get a shout-out on this podcast, as I did earlier. I gave all of you your shout-outs. So, I do hope that you definitely are appreciative of that, and I'll definitely continue to do that as weeks continue on. And also next week, I definitely hope to also have this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I've been working on that, and I'm on the verge of doing that, and it's going to happen. I'm going to let you know when it's on there. 
and I'll keep you posted on that on my social medias as always, of course. So thank you tons once again for listening. I'm Mike Scudero as always, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, August 25th, when I come at you with episode 10, boy, episode 10 already of Yapping Yankees. And don't forget to keep watching Yankees baseball for a lot of savagery as always. Take care, guys. 